Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Hey, I just want to say thank you uh, for listening. Thanks for taking time uh, to connect with us on this podcast. We love that you listen to these episodes. We do this for you. And so I just want to also let you know about a ministry that is designed to help you with topics just like what we're going to be talking about, walking in these deep waters you know, every leader is going to face hard seasons, and some of those seasons are going to feel like eternal winter. I understand that because that's exactly how I would have described it when I was there. I've often felt so helpless and really felt like I didn't have a safe place to turn to and to talk things through like this, and and I struggled. And so, leader, I want to encourage you that you don't have to struggle. If that's you, you don't have to struggle like that. And there's ministries out there. Um, you're going to hear about another one in, in the, this podcast. Uh, but RestoringLeaders.org is a place that you can go to that's designed to walk alongside of you. There's one-on-one mentoring. There's online connection groups. And soon there'll be some in-person retreats that allow you to find a safe place and find some safe someones to connect with and to talk to and to uh, be heard and to help navigate the path that leads you towards restoration. So check it out. If you haven't already, we would love for you to do that. And let me tell you, this episode is going to be a real conversation. And for some of you, you're going to immediately relate to this. You're going to go, oh boy, Um, some of you may experience a wave of emotion. I don't know exactly how it's going to hit you, but I also know that some of you may say, well, this isn't really for me, but I can guarantee you know somebody who's walking these waters. And I hope that you would do them a favor and share this episode with them and also share the resources that we're going to talk about with them. Uh, But I am confident that the thoughts that are going to be shared, especially by the two ladies that are with me, way more wiser than I, will help you. Um, We even entitled our little group, Two Roses and a Thorn. Um, You can guess which is which. Um, I think it's pretty obvious. And if you don't know, then shame on you. But anyway, um, but my two ministry sisters have just have amazing, amazing hearts for leaders. Um, They've done a lot of work and and research and study on these topics. And and again, God has gifted them with a heart to help leaders that to move past the hurts and the wounds um, that sometimes occur in ministry. So Leanne, Welk and Trisha Peach, welcome back, because both of you have been on the podcast at different times, but this time I got you together. Um, welcome back to the KMC podcast, ladies. Oh, thank you so much. It's such Thanks an honor to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are going to have a fun conversation, and I will tell you all, the enemy has not wanted us to do this. They've had several, both of the ladies have had internet issues. Uh, I was having a sinus issue. Uh, it just was, this has been a challenging day, but we know that this is an important topic. And so we're going to push into it because this is, this is important and we need to talk about this. Uh, There are a lot of challenging situations and we're seeing it a lot more. I think COVID and the pandemic have brought this out a lot more. And, uh, so we're going to talk about the idea of toxic leadership. Um, this isn't just about And I'll say this right off front. This is not just about talking about senior leadership because anyone who calls themselves a leader can become toxic, can lead in a toxic way. But we especially have noticed it on a a staff level because all of us have been staff um, serving under a senior leader. And sometimes we have gotten under toxic leaders and, and those things are hard. And so... I want to kick this discussion off. I want people to know this is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I hope it feels a little different. This is not just going to be a straight up interview, but a round table. We may talk over each other and that's going to be fine because these are my sisters. And when brother and sisters get together, we all like to talk all at once. And that's what what? we're going to talk over each other. No, we would never talk over each other. Never. How did I know they were going to jump and do that? You set us up completely for that. (laughs) Yes, I did set myself up for that. All right. 
So, Trisha, I'm going to kick it off to you and, and say, you know, I know you've done a lot of research in this area of and how it's impacted leaders and how how many leaders are walking away from ministry because of some of these kind of things. Not just this, but this is a big deal. What have you found are some of the characteristics of toxic leadership? Let's define that first so we know where we're going. Oh, that's excellent question. And thank you again for doing this because I think this is a crucial discussion that needs to happen. Um, I have been a full-time staff children's pastor 17 years. And for my master's, I started researching why we're losing so many ministers. Um, the statistics are terrible. Four out of five quit before year five. And that includes, and when I say quit, I mean out of ministry for good, like done, done, not just switching churches, just out. And the number one reason I keep hearing from the colleges is, well, they had too much debt. Well, I suppose that could be a a factor, but I mean, if you went into ministry for the big paycheck, you had the wrong guidance counselor, <laughs> is what I think. But I think I think it says there's something much That's larger true. involved in this whole thing. And I started hearing stories from people about just horrid work environments. And I I had one person say, you know, don't write that book. I wrote a book, Why We Quit, The Real Reasons Why We Quit Ministry. And I talked very candidly about some toxic uh, ministry situations. And I said, well, that's going to give the atheists more fuel. Oh, please. I don't think the atheists need any more fuel. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it is about making our, work, our ministry work environments healthier. Uh, making them better for everyone involved so that we don't lose so many. And there's a lot of kind of gut-wrenching stories in there. But you, what you were just asking was, what makes an environment toxic? And I think, I, I almost think a, a, a church, unfortunately, can be a little more prone even than a business because there's some things in place in a business and I think some unhealthy traits can just have a different name in the church. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just giving example. You know, I, I went into one staff, a very large church. Um, and my first day, the uh, I was walking down the hall and there were two pastors in the hallways just yelling at each other. One threw a Kleenex box at the other. And I realized, okay this is going to be reality. Um, it's a high stress environment. So you have a lot of stress. You have a lot of pressure. People are passionate about what they do. All of those things um, have to be taken into consideration. But for me, some of the things that make it toxic, typically what makes it toxic um, is if whoever the senior is, whether it's the head of the kids department, the head of the music department, the head of whatever it is, if they have an overwhelming need to control, micromanage, um, they cannot let go of control, that can be a major hindrance. Their, their desperate need to micromanage and to control, if they won't let go of that control, it will damage the church. It will hinder some of the things that need to get done. Now, the senior leader, of course, has they they are setting the vision they are setting the mission of course and they they can definitely call for unity however i think you can get into major micromanaging to the point that it takes all the joy out of it for the person in that ministry there has to be the ability to let go some of that control if they can't let go of any of the control, it will keep the church from growing because the church can only grow to a certain point with one person pushing. So you have to release some of that control to the kind of your Joshua, your Elisha, your one that you're mentoring and bringing up. You have to release some of that control and even let them fail from time to time. Um, and there are some leaders that hamper themselves and the church because they cannot do that. Yeah. Um, another sign of a toxic environment is when uh, very unkind things are being said to each other, very personal things. 
-hmm. And if you think this can't happen in a church, welcome to your first day of ministry. We're glad you joined us. Um, but I see these terrible things happen sometimes and they shouldn't, they definitely should not. But when it becomes personal, um, that that's not okay. I had one, um, children's ministry leader said that she went home crying at least once a week. Mm. Uh, that's not good either. There's, you know, she got some emotional issues going on there, but she said it was the meetings got so personal where uh, going on her character and that she was lazy and that she, you know, when it got that personal, I'm saying, okay, this is, this is not okay. Mm -hmm. um, and that wouldn't most of the time in a business setting, they'd be say, Hey, um, but in a church setting, they might say, well, we're just trying to bring unity. Iron sharpens iron. We're trying to, but there's that balance where you have to, you're speaking the truth in love. And sometimes there's no love there. And I know this is an extreme example, but um, one church I was on staff at, a different one, um, this is where my own experience comes in why I wrote the book. Um, and I don't name any names in the book. It's not important. Um, but my direct supervisor would make comments um, almost daily on my weight um, and say, wow. what? Um, oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's crazy. Oh, my goodness. Like this, this supervisor would say, oh, the rest of us are taking the elevator. Trisha's going to take the stairs because she needs to Whoa. work off of you there. Um, and we'd sit down at a table for a staff luncheon and this person would move all of the mayonnaise over to the other side of the table oh and say, don't give it to her. She obviously has no self-control, which I had a thyroid problem and didn't know it. I wasn't even very much overweight according to my doctor, but this was every day and it just starts to destroy your self-esteem. Yeah. Um, wow. we were at conferences and this person would introduce me and say yeah we thought we got a capable children's pastor and instead we got her oh. just say these kinds of things all the time mm. and we're going to have her carry this stuff because obviously she doesn't exercise or things like that day after day this starts to wear away at you it starts to damage you yeah and I started saying, okay, why am I staying here and I was realizing because this is comfortable because this is I know this, mm. I, I know this, and I had felt bad about taking this position up front. I think God was trying to tell me and I'm hard headed. And I, I was telling my husband and after about four months, my husband said, enough is enough. This is not a good environment. And yeah. it's starting to affect the way you see yourself. And this is not good. And it's better that we wait on God and find where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And I resigned Thank God for your husband, Tricia. Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> so, I hope he doesn't hear that. Love to pop his head. But no, um, <laughs> he's he's pretty awesome. He's he has a psych degree. Now he works in IT. Um, but I God was trying to get hold of me because I, I resigned from there. I started trying to put my own self-esteem back together in some way, shape, or form. And right about then was when I wrote my first book and then my second book and began traveling and teaching. God was in all of that. Um, but I could see how it would be easy to just shrivel up and go, you know, I never want to get hurt like that again. So I'm just going to leave ministry forever. But that yeah. wasn't what wow. God had in store for me. And I had some really good friends, a lot of them children's leaders that were like, all right, Trish, you got to get back up. But yeah. that's toxic when it's it's getting personal, where it's attacking your character, if it's yeah. attacking your appearance, if it's attacking your competence, that's that's not okay. And I think you can be in a situation long enough where you don't even realize how unhealthy it is. Yeah. Um, you've been there so long, you're not, it's kind of like you're in a room with a terrible stench. And if you're in there long enough, you start to get immune to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. And it starts to permeate. Um, a toxic environment is one where there's no space for failure. 
Failure is not accepted. There's no room for failure. A toxic environment is one where everyone is pointing fingers and trying to figure out who's at fault. Mm-hmm. If everybody's blaming everybody right. else, that's a sure sign of yeah. toxicity. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. Um, Leanne, can you share a little bit? I mean, what are your thoughts about when uh, when it comes to toxic leadership? Can you give us a couple thoughts real quick? Well, I, first, I just want to say, Trisha, I am so sorry that that oh. happened to you. That is awful. Like, <laughs> I just can't believe someone would do that. And I'm so sad to agree with you on this point. If that was a regular workplace, oh man, that would that can't it would, happen. It would not yeah. fly. It would not. Why does yeah. that happen? within the ministry context of where Jesus is our Lord. And I mean, he would never treat someone like that. So that just makes me so sad. Oh my goodness. But I know God's done a great thing (laughs) in, (laughs) in your, um, in your life. And that's why you're. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I would just add to, um, like toxic leadership. I agree. It's not always the head senior pastor, sorry, that's what you call them. um, them. Uh, I mean, it can happen through your team that you have and someone is, is, uh, is leading uh, a certain area, but um, there's just so much going on mentally and emotionally. And, and um, I often feel like it's someone who um, is suffocating. Like if you're feeling like, I can't breathe. I can't. Yeah. And, um, and I, you, you guys know, and your listeners probably know by now too, like I'm soul care is just everything that I myself needed to go through. And I often liken it to um, if you can imagine being in an airplane and then the pressure drops and there's less oxygen, <laughs> the oxygen mask has to come down. And what we tend to do, especially I find as children's ministry leaders, family ministry leaders, we grab our, the passengers, um, um, oxygen mask. And and we're like, here, put this on, like we're running (laughs) out of breath, but we kind of forget to put it on ourselves. And what do they tell us every time we're on a plane, when we can go on planes again, um, um, put your own mask on first. And I just, I can't help, but say that piece for this, when you realize that, that there is great tension, when you are noticing all these triggers happening in yourself, like, and, um, and you come home and you, (laughs) you tell your spouse, I'm laughing because I'm, I'm, I'm remembering something that had happened to me. I came home. I was so mad about something (laughs) and I just had to tell my husband. So I told him it all. And then he just looked at me and he's like, I really don't understand what you're so mad about. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a wake up call of, okay, okay. Nobody, but Jesus can help me with this one. (laughs) I'm going to go spend some time with him, but yeah, we, um, you know, when you are being triggered by things that wouldn't normally, um, uh, like they shouldn't bother you. Um, that's, that's another side of, um, you know, what's, what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, here's the thing too, that I've learned over the years is that there are times where just, you know, sometimes I've heard, I've seen it from other leaders. I even did it myself early on in ministry where just because I didn't get the way I want my way and I didn't get it how I wanted it, you know, I felt like there was all this opposition and my leader was being mean and, and disinterested and non-supportive and all that. And Mm -hmm. really it was, you know, it wasn't, they were just being a leader and they were doing what they were supposed to do. And ultimately, you know, my job was, was to be quiet and, and let them lead um, in some ways. Now that I don't say that to dismiss because they're, you know, again, there's a difference between submission to leadership and abusive leadership and submitting to abusive leadership. 
and and uh, the situations and some of the characteristics that that Trisha shared. You know, if you find yourself in those situations, then then there is a point where you have to you have to realize that okay, this has moved into a level of of toxicity. This has moved under uh, the label of ungodly leadership. Um, and sometimes we we foolishly think that just because God's blessing in other places of the church that that he's you know that he's even blessing this kind of behavior because I I had a friend say well if this leader is so bad why is God still growing the church oh. well God can make a donkey talk right <laughs> yeah I'm sorry shocking, but isn't it that how how that can happen Tom you know like not the donkey yeah. talking well, that's shocking too but like it's true how can yeah. that actually be happening but it happens all the time it happens yeah. all the time and yeah. and that's the thing is sometimes we think and we look at leadership and when it's toxic and and again like i said this this isn't just about fooling it you know looking up the hill and saying look at the senior leadership and how can the church grow under his or her leadership when when they're so toxic behind the curtain it, this can happen to us too as leaders that, yeah. that if there's stuff in our own life um, that that God blesses in these other areas. And again, you know, like I said, I had somebody speak the truth to me of, well, you know, look, you know, God made Balaam's donkey talk. God can do anything. And he promises his word isn't going to return empty. So, you know, hey, it, it the, God's God's kingdom still moves regardless of who's there. And there there are healthy and unhealthy leaderships that, you know, and we see that even, you know, the people of Israel, you know, they, they had some pretty bad Kings, but the kingdom still grew and the kingdom was still blessed and protected by God, even in spite of, um, but I think what we have to talk through it because I think a lot of leaders, especially younger leaders, when they find themselves in these situations, um, they're not sure how to handle their own hearts when it comes to this. And so Leanne, I want to, this is a, a area that I know both of us are, are very passionate about each. You have a ministry um, like I do with restoring leaders handle with care. Um, and it's, it's all about, you know, guarding our hearts. And I, I want to talk a little bit about how, how does toxicity affect the soul? Because um, mm. when you're in an environment like what Trisha shared, um, and I, I've been in a situation, I, I, I stayed for eight years in, and watched two senior leaders go at it. And I got caught in the middle of it all. Mm. And it was such a, I mean, it was so bad that literally the two of us that were upstairs would come in through the upper entrance. And I would literally, there would be days where I would never go downstairs to the middle floor where the senior pastor and the admin team was, and then on the basement floor was the youth pastor and the worship pastor. And literally I knew those, the two guys on the bottom floor would come in through the bottom entrance. The people in the middle would come through the middle level parking and the two of us at the top floor. And the only time we would meet is at staff meeting. And it was wow. so cold in that room. It was so mm -hmm. just, we're gonna go through this agenda. And as soon as we can get out of here, we're gone and we don't talk. Yeah, It was such a, I mean, and and the the crazy part was is I understand what it's like now to be in an abusive relationship because mm -hmm. I had an abusive pastor. And and there was this thing of I've got to stay here, I've got to keep fighting. And I watched my soul start to crumble. And I mean, and this is part of why I am so passionate about helping leaders walk through this because I've been in the place where I, I said this recently in a in a workshop that I did. I was literally out in Yosemite sitting on top of the mountain wondering if I came back, would anybody even care? Oh, um, now, I wasn't no. thinking about jumping, trust me. <laughs> I'm scared of heights. I would have okay, never jumped. Um, I'm too big of a wimp for that. But um, but I literally was, my spirit was so drained. So mm -hmm. I want to talk about that for a few minutes because I have a feeling that that some people are 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 thinking, I'm not so bad because I will tell you, in the worst of it, I had friends of mine saying, get out. Why are you there? Yeah. And yeah. I kept focusing on other things. Yeah. And I kept telling them my soul was okay. And it's like that Matthew West sign, a yeah. song, <laughs> you know, I'm fine. I'm fine, but I'm not, I'm broken. 
Yeah. I didn't see that I would have never admitted to you or anybody else during those seven years that I was broken. Yeah. Um, I was yeah. fine. So let's talk about this idea for a few minutes, um, because I think this is an area where people have got to face the fact that you're not fine. So can you dive in on some of that for me? Yeah. Um, so I think I think a few things come into play. Um, one is performance. I think sometimes we are so caught up in the performance that what we are supposed to do and then what we're supposed to look like we're doing <laughs> and and there's a metric you know of okay you have to have these things in place for this you know for you to be doing your job and it it can absolutely um just the heaviness of that performance weighs you down and um, I, I would say, Tom, and I'm so sorry that you had to go through that as well. Um, I think that that's performance based is um, often when we do get to a place that our souls, our mind, our will and emotions are, are saying, what good have I done? Would anybody miss yeah. me? Like, because yep. we're, we're looking at the, the tasks and, and what we do on the outside rather than really looking at the heart. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that Is, that's isn't a, that where we, we really are more of a human doing than a human being, you know? Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> it, I, I like, I like how you just said that it, cause it was, it was about, well, I've got tasks to do. I got work to do. I've got jobs. Yes. I've got, I've got Bible school to plan. I got this to plan. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you're spot on there. And then, um, I found in, in my 30 years of kids ministry um, that I don't always talk the same language as someone else. Um, and that makes a really big difference because I can say one thing and I, I'm like, I, I told him <laughs> what we were doing. And, and, you know, it comes back, not directly to you, of course, or to me, it comes around about way kind of like what you're yeah. just describing Tom with like everybody coming in different entrances and it's like okay just a minute I am so frustrated because I don't I don't understand what yeah. in the world um yes. I'm I thought I communicated right so yeah. with our staff in in our churches it is extremely important that you figure out um a system and I will call it that a system, which is a strength finder, a personality test, a temperament mm -hmm. test, a, a Colby, like there's all these different amazing yes. tests out there, but I would warn your viewers um, or listeners, I guess <laughs> um, you, those tests are also designed for certain <laughs> temperaments and personalities too. So um, you have to, you, like, they're really good to learn from, but if you do too many, you can be kind of confused. And, yes. you know, yes. um, there should not be confusion about uh, the the environment that you're working in. You, you need to have clarity. And obviously uh, spending time with the Lord and asking him things, I am, um, I have five points that, that I ask myself and um, there's, you have to be honest with yourself. Like what's mm -hmm. really going on? Like now's wow. time to look inside because I'm, I'm reacting this way. So be honest with yourself. Stop justifying things that <laughs> are going on, whether that's how they're treating you or something that you're doing. Um, Trisha, you made a point of like, things felt familiar like you were so used to it being yes. that way but you know if we ask the question of just a minute why am I justifying putting up with this this isn't this isn't right <laughs> yeah. and and then if maybe you have been justifying something and then taking responsibility well you know when I was so mad at that guy I went and spent spent some time with Jesus and he told me <laughs> I said, Jesus, what, what am I responsible for in this? Because I am mad. And he's like, yeah, I know you're mad, but look at this. And I realized I was totally off on something that, you know, this guy was just being who he was and he was trying to help. And I took offense to that. And so I had to deal with, with that. 
So those those are three. I'll I I think I'll save the other ones for a little bit later because I'm sure that Trish can speak into into this part too. I'm just loving everything you're saying because <laughs> so I'm just like amen, 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 amen. Because um, I'm thinking just about every dysfunctional church that I have studied, they have a terrible system for conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. Usually it is usually the worst, like talking around everybody else. Nobody's talking right to themselves, especially, you know, I'm in the Midwest, United States. It's the be nice, you know, Minnesota nice. They're not saying it to the face, you know, like scripture talks about you going to the person and talking to them or with one witness. And I wish I had done that, especially early on in ministry when I, I should have sat down and said, what was your motivation for this? This did not work out because we could have nipped some things in the bud before they, you know, blew. Mm-hmm. But I think that conflict resolution needs to be a really big one that all senior leaders need to enforce. Like we're not talking behind other people's backs. This is, and yep. just plainly saying, this is how we're going to manage conflict and make this a safe place for everyone to be. Because if you allow conflict to just keep escalating out of control, that really makes for an extremely toxic environment. Um, and I love what you said too about emotions. Um, I, you know, it's somehow, somehow it's unspoken, like these are good emotions, these are bad emotions, but there really aren't good and bad emotions. God made you the way that you are and God has emotions. You can see that in scripture. Yes. And one of big red, you know, flag for me or it was like a light going on uh somebody said your emotions are trying to tell you something and you can only stuff them down for so long eventually they are going to leak out and probably in an inappropriate place where you don't want them to and probably on something completely unrelated yeah you know um where you're like why am i crying over this um or I'm so enraged right now. Why am I so angry over this? Your soul is trying to tell you something. That's an extreme red flag, especially if you combine that with depersonalization. That was a big one that I saw in pastors that quit ministry. Usually if they were in a toxic environment, one of the ways they coped was they started to shut down, go Mm -hmm. numb. And so they have a great week and, and things go great. They don't care. I have a bad week and a lot of people didn't show up. We don't care because you're in survival mode. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge red flag. Again, your soul's trying to tell you there's something wrong here that does need to be fixed. And yeah, you can stuff it down for a little while, but it's going to come out. It, God designed it that way. It's going to come out. So I had to change the way I looked at things and say, all right, what are you trying to tell me, God? What are you trying to tell me through what I'm feeling right now? And what Leanne said, where you're guarding your own heart, you're saying, what part of this is me? What part of this do I need to fix? Um, One of the scariest things one of my bosses ever said, it was that one that was the most abusive, said, showed all these facts on how you will become like the person that leads you. And that the longer you serve under their leadership, you begin to show their traits. And this leader was trying to say how awesome this is. And I was sitting there going, God help me, God deliver me, because I started thinking about it. Most abusers were abused themselves. And if that, like you said, young ministers, if that's all they've ever seen of ministry, Um, But I had to stop and think and say, God, keep me from that. Because if I get lashed out at, I don't want to turn around and lash out on one that's working with me. Mm -hmm. And then we just start this cycle all over again, where they lash out at the people around them. And, and that now we've got this toxic environment. I was saying, God, Mm -hmm. show me a, a different way to do this. But I did say, I don't think I want to stay long term under this leader. Because if that's how it's going to be, that I'm going to start picking up traits from this person, that's not who I want to be. Um, that was a very scary day for me. I sat there thinking in silence going, you can learn from any leader. You can learn a lot of great things from any leader. And I, I did, even in that situation. But 
I think I learned some things not to do too. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think if you start picking up things, if you start sensing in your heart that they're teaching you all the things that you don't want to be, that's a, that's a pretty sure sign that you maybe need to start looking and finding another place to go. Um, it, it is amazing. Um, when I look back at my own story and then the stories of so many people that I've heard, um, you know, before, you know, that as I've talked and as I've done more research on these kind of topics and, and, and it's, it's frightening how, how much, I mean, again, it it just proves the church is messy and that we're all messy people and we bring our messes with us. And I also, you know, as I started doing some digging on some of this of one thing that I found, especially, and I will say this is especially in, in the senior leaders is that you're right. There's this pattern of, they came up under somebody who was toxic and they, then they become senior leaders. And, and it's like, they have become who they said they would never be and, and they don't know how to fix it or they're compensating. Um, one of the leaders that I was under, I, I finally found out, I did some digging into his past a little bit because I wanted to understand him a little bit. And, um, I found out that, that, you know, he was a younger brother who was always living in the older brother's shadow. And there was all this compensating of look at me and now I've become this and I've got my doctorate and I've got this. And he was always trying to almost, and it led into how he led the team. And, mm-hmm. and there was a very threatening of if you're successful in this area, that's a threat to his ability of a, as a leader. And there was some insecurities and those insecurities started to push out to others. Mm-hmm. And I think this is why it goes back to helping each other take care of our souls. And I think, Leanne, you hit a very good point of what system and structure does, you, does your staff have to help guard your souls. How often, you know, we do a lot of leadership retreats. I don't see a lot of churches taking their staffs on real soul care retreats and Mm. where they truly are working on communication. What Trisha talked about, conflict resolution. There's a great resource. um, There's a ministry called the Peacemakers um, and they train people on reconciliation. Um, And I know this firsthand because I was in, in this church where we had to bring them in. And the, because again, the staff was so toxic mm. and so broken and, and none of us were owning our own junk and our own mess, but yet we were good at poking each other in the eye <laughs> um, and, 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 and so yeah, we see the, your speck yes. while I have the log in my oh, eye. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it was all like, everybody's got a four by eight in their eye and we like, we like hitting it with, you know, we're, we're whacking each other with, a, with our, our, you know, our plank guys. Um, yeah. Um, and, and uh, man, it was a mess. And, and this team came in and they started doing a lot of talking with us and coaching. And, uh, um, you know, I'm going to make sure I put in the show notes, a link to the book called the peacemaker. It's by Ken Sandy. Um, that book has helped me walk, coach a lot of, a, a lot of hurting leaders because one, if nothing else we can learn. And again, we're responsible for our own soul. So it's, it, we're responsible for our response to toxicity or, yes. you know, if we're getting more cynical and bitter and angry, um, yep. then we need to stop and do some soul care on ourselves. Don't stop worrying about what the senior leaders doing or not doing. Yeah, you got to get a grip of your heart. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I agree with res- Trisha when she was Trisha, you were saying um, like the emotions can start to come up. And and um, I had a, I'll call it an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I won't tell you all the things around it. Um, and you guys know me pretty good. So you're going to I I don't know if you'll believe me or not, but this really happened. We'll I was you. like a volcano. I erupted I was so angry about something (laughs) and I mean it just put all the flags up for me to say wow there is there is stuff going on here that is not just about the things on the outside there is definitely something going on inside and 
your emotions can help you understand that it's time. It's time to do something about this. Because, I mean, the Holy Spirit was probably nudging you for a long time already that, you know, <laughs> you should take that course. You should you should sit and do this. And um, uh, I just think that the, like two, two of the things that I found in my own soul care journey, that's, that's my experience as I walk through this myself too. And, um, and I always do think it's important for you to, to hear that, uh, I had a great childhood. I had a great Christian family. We all serve the Lord to this day, (laughs) like, but I really needed work in my soul. <laughs> and there, there were two things. So out of those, those five, I just wanted to mention these other two. Yes. I had to invite Jesus into my pain. When, mm. when things are just so big and you don't know what to do, just invite him in. And I don't know why it's so hard for us as Christian leaders to invite him in. I know you might, you might even disagree with me, but I'm telling you in my research and who I talk to, it's like, we were blocked and we're like, no, 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 I can't, I can't admit this to Jesus. Well, mm-hmm. he knows, honey, don't worry. <laughs> You're in pain. So invite him in to that bruise, that torn, that broken heart. And, and to forgive ourselves. Now that comes a bit later once you've walked through some things, but I think that's a really big piece of, as leaders, we say, you should forgive yourself for doing like for exploding as a volcano, Leanne. (laughs) 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 But have I really forgiven myself for all sorts of different things? But we, we, I don't know. I've just found that we, we do forget and it's important that we do that. So yes, yes awesome. I totally agree. And, and, you know, it's, it's very interesting because we, we all, like I said, you you said it is, is that we are all good at (sighs) making, making it feel better than, you know, Mm. well, let me put it this way. There's been a lot of talk about soul care recently. There's been a lot of talk about burnout prevention recently, and yet I still sense and feel like those because those things are toxic to me as well. I, I mean, to me, when you're when you're working so hard, you know, and and you're running yourself into the point of exhaustion, that's toxic. Um, when you when you over calendar, when you when you overwork when you don't take vacation time, when you don't rest, when you don't, you know, and then, and then it it becomes this badge of honor when we Uh go to conferences or when we gather with other leaders to talk about how exhausted we are or how frustrated we are, (laughs) or then we do the roast the pastor um, scenario where we one up each other on, well, my pastor's worse than your pastor. Um, There's all (laughs) of this there's all of this stuff that we do. And yeah, I mean, I can laugh about it now too, because I mean, I, I, I've done it and I, thankfully, I think I've recovered from a lot of that and I don't, I don't roast anybody anymore. In fact, I think when we start talking here a little bit about what are some things that you can do to help move out of this into some healthy stuff? Um, I think one of the signs of I'm, I'm healthier than I've ever been is the fact that I can share my story now in those, you know, about those seven years without all of the pain and the emotion riling up inside of me, without that feeling of, mm, hey, God, are you giving it to him yet? Because <laughs> he sure deserves it. <laughs> I, I don't feel that way anymore. But Your you know, honesty, I, Tom. <laughs> I love your honesty. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I, I can't say I haven't prayed the prayer of, you know, I mean, if you go into Psalms and you read some of those David prayers when he's ticked off. Um, oh, yeah. I, there were times where I'm like, Hey God, see, he said what he said, what he said, ditto times a hundred <laughs> on that guy, you know? Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and yeah, I mean, Hey, I'm, I am, I'm, I mean, you guys know me. I'm, I'm as real. I, I, I tell a lot of my story and, and some, most people, you know, it's funny cause you know, I've had some people say, well, well, be careful about oversharing. Well, I I've really become more sensitive about that. And there are a lot of things I've never told anybody else. Um, 
But here's the thing that I want to share with people. I found this quote by Paul David Tripp, and I thought, man, this is good. Um, he says, Pastor, you don't have to be afraid of what's in your heart, and you don't have to fear being known because there's nothing in you that could ever be exposed that hasn't already been covered by the precious blood of your Savior, King Jesus. Wow. I mean, I'll read it one more time because I want people to hear that okay. unless they want to back it up and hear me say it again. But I, this just hit me so hard because I, I kept thinking, you know, have I really let that sink in? But it's powerful. Pastor, you don't have to be afraid of what's in your heart and you don't have to fear being known because there's nothing in you that could ever be exposed that hasn't already been covered by the precious blood of your Savior, King Jesus. Wow. And I think as, as I want to wrap up this conversation so we don't get too long because really this almost should be a two-parter as well um, <laughs> because I feel like we're only scratching the surface on some of this. But I hope what it does, if anything, if people are identifying with this, if people are struggling today, what I'm hoping is, is that they're going to reach out to one of us um, or somebody else that they know and, and walk through this um, because we need, especially in this day and age, um, coming hopefully out of this pandemic, we need healthy leaders. Yeah. And, and we need leaders that are going to stay in this and battle through and do the hard work and let God take the hard work um, and, and help us push through this. And so I'm wondering, can you guys give us some, some ideas? Um, of how do you heal, recover, restore when you've been under this kind of leadership? Give some, Leanne, some of your tips already have applied to that. Um, but what are some things that we can do um, to start moving in a healthier direction? If we find ourselves in a toxic environment or we've become toxic ourselves, how do we push out of that? Mm. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's a whole part two to this, like you just said. Yeah. Tom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, do you know, I, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but you have to be honest with yourself, like be realistic with what's really happening. And, and um, I know that we don't want the light exposing things, mm -hmm. the, right? We don't, we don't want the light exposing the darkness. And so we just let things keep happening. But the, the, um, the darkness is, it's killing us. It's, it's going to take over and blacken our heart and make our heart toxic. So then what's coming out of the overflow of our heart is, is not what he wants us to be saying and doing. And, and then like, because you're a leader, you, you have to backtrack and, and, you know, once you do receive the healing for yourself uh, in your heart, you know, God's God wants to make things right. And so um, I just think that after today's conversation, be honest with what's really going on and, mm -hmm. and go to the Lord and just say, okay, I'm ready to have a real conversation <laughs> and I'm ready for you to shine your light into the darkness that I sense and feel the heaviness of and show me where this is. I remember um, a friend had, our winters are quite long and dark. Um, and so she has two plants in her, her room. One is kind of tucked in the corner like like here so it's above and then one is a little bit lower but it's the same room and you would think at the angle that the sun hits her window that it would be getting the same amount of light um but after this winter it's obvious that one was getting light and one was not and one wow. is flourishing and doing great and new you know palm forons or whatever they're called <laughs> are coming out. And the other one is just like shriveled up and dying. Mm -hmm. And the, the gal who was um, staying at the house, she was like, I, I, I watered it the same. I fed it the same. I, I didn't do anything different 
to each of them and look at how different they turned out. And that's what it made me think of is, is you could have a different leader in the same church. Let's just mm -hmm. say that the yeah. same church and it's not affecting them the same way. That's when you know that something more is going on mm -hmm. in the soul part. But I do think Trisha makes really good points. And so I want to hand it over to you, Trisha. You have some really practical things like physically, <laughs> some of these <laughs> things just have to happen to get out of this toxic area. So I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> well, and I love everything that you just said, because closer to the sun, you know, the one closer to the sun is is making it and surviving and i have seen it where you have a toxic environment and one minister is able to thrive and go on with their ministry and another drops out so there's some soul things happening there and i love your honesty and tom's honesty and i think that's why people go to you and are real um because one of the biggest things i run into especially at these conferences is people that are in one of these situations always think they're the only one they'll say, oh yeah, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. And I'm like, yeah, just try me. Yeah. Uh, they'll say, well, I, you know, you wouldn't believe me. It's such a, it's, I don't know what to do. And sometimes when they go to these conferences, they're out of the situation and they're looking at it from the outside and they go, oh my goodness, that is really unhealthy. Um, I did take a little flack for one of my blogs on this because they said, you're telling everybody to leave their church. No, absolutely not. I think there has to be a balance because way too many pastors leave too soon. They don't yes. stick it out. You can't make any real change unless you've been there about three years. Yeah. Uh, I think there has to be a balance. And I always said, I don't want to be sitting there when I'm 85 saying, what if I had tried to have that conversation? What if I tried, I did, I try everything I could. So I would go to the, the leader that I was having issues with. I did go to the one that I talked about. And I, what I said was, this is not okay. And this is how I need you to treat me from now on. And this person laughed and said, not going to happen. And so then I came with one witness and the one witness said, well, this person is head of this area and there's not a lot that we can do. So then I felt like I'd come to the end of what I could do. And I stepped away. And I will say, just like you can leave too soon, you can also wait too long. Mm -hmm. And the longer you're in a very toxic situation like that, it starts to change the way you think about yourself. It starts to change the way that you do ministry. And then when you leave, I would advise strongly against just jumping into the first thing that comes along again, because it's comfortable. Right. I would say, take some time to heal, um, even go to counseling. Um, yes. I went, I did, I, I thought for the first time in my life, I need to figure out, um, what of this is me and what is the situation. And I'm so glad I did. And I had been working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And I realized my goodness, yes, that, that was what the senior leader was doing and expecting, but I was the one doing it. I was the one carrying this out and I had made this a very bad habit. And I was teaching my intern one day and I said, you work way too many hours because she was sick all the time. And she turned to me and said, well, I learned from you. And I went, oh my gosh. I have taught her the same horrible that I have been doing. Right. And then one of my closest friends said one day, cause I was saying how exhausted I was and how much I was doing. And I'm so exhausted. And she said, Trish, what are you running from? What are you don't want to face here. And I didn't want her to say that. And I had one of those moments, like you were talking about Leanne, but I'd taken my kids to watch a matinee movie of inside out. And I, I folded over sobbing my poor kids. They're like, Oh my gosh, what is going on with mom? <laughs> Wake up call of, I have been running from the sadness of this situation that yes. I may have made a mistake walking into this. Um, when God was asking me to write this book, I thought I knew better and I'm going to have to face it. I love what you said, Leanne, that you've got to face it and stop running and call it like it is. And I didn't want to do that. 
I didn't want to face the situation. And like you said, invite Jesus into that pain because inviting Jesus into that pain would mean now we're going to have to make some different decisions here. We're going to have to uh, admit I need help that I need my friends. And that was one of the hardest things ever was getting my friends and saying, this is, this is what's going on. Um, And I know I have been strong in the past, but I'm not right now at all. Uh, and I know <laughs> I ran into you for the first time at CPC, Leanne, when I was like, right at the tail end of that mess. Um, and then I have actually directed people that I've met at these conferences to you and to Tom. And I've said, no, they're not going to go. Oh, I can't believe that happened to me. They, they can no. understand. And I, I would encourage anybody listening to reach out. Because as Leanne said, these things really seem to thrive in the dark. They really, really seem to grow and grow in the dark. And eventually they do have to be dealt with. Um, And hopefully we keep you in ministry. Because four out of five leaving ministry, that's the enemy winning. That's the enemy winning. You can't tell me we don't need these ministers right now. You can't can't tell me we don't need them. So we want you to stay in ministry. We want you to be used by God, but we want you in one piece. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's so funny you brought Um, up Inside Out because I I was going to say something (laughs) earlier about it. That movie, I know, like it's not (laughs) scriptural or anything, (laughs) but I'm just saying like that movie, you watch it and you you will realize how important sadness is in your life. And I even feel like that for myself with when, yes, I exploded, I was angry, but do you know, that was, I know we don't like the word pivot anymore, but it was a pivotal moment (laughs) for me to know something was wrong and, and make a change. And I'm forever grateful to the Lord for his faithfulness. He will walk with us. And, and I mean, I see it evident in so many, many people and um, in in both of you um, for what you've gone through. Most don't know how to get to to the other side and to the light. You might say, like, I often feel like it's you're you're digging through this tunnel and it just feels like you'll never get to the other side. But it's like one more punch through that that dirt and you're going to come to the light and you're going to and that's what that's what both of you provide for people. Um, um, when someone's feeling like they're going to quit, like talk to Trisha, <laughs> talk to Tom. Yes. Yeah, we I've told to more you. people to get her book than yes. I mean, and in fact, I'm going to link the podcast where we, Trisha and I talked about her her book, um, why we quit. And so awesome. we're going to put that in the show notes too, because that is a good resource. Um, Gosh, I hate to end this because I do feel yeah. like there's so much more. And 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 even though this is a little longer podcast than we normally do, I, I'm I'm not splitting this one. I'm just going to keep it as a whole one because I feel like mm-hmm. it's important for everybody mm-hmm. to hear this whole conversation. And and this won't be the last time we're going to talk about this. I know um, we're going to find other ways to to talk about this because it's been a stressful season and it's been it's been again something that I think uh, the pandemic has has sifted. Um, the church and it's sifted yeah. leadership and we're all sensing things in our lives that, and, and, and so this is a, this is a good time. Um, you know, as, as painful as, as those times were in my life, I know when, when I had to invite Jesus into my moment um, and into my mess and, and he's like, I, yeah, you know, I mean, I just sense that finally, <laughs> you know, that spirit inside of me going, it's about time you just let go of this. And, and, uh, um, I hope that if they, if, if you've been listening to this conversation that you see that there are people just like you that have walked through this and, and just like Leanne said, we've pushed through to the other side. It's not, it's not an easy process. Um, but it's one that is so worth it because why would you want to hang on to this any longer? Um, I just finished a, a talk that I'm I'm continuing to refine, but I actually just presented it at a conference uh, about what's in your backpack, and and how often we carry things like this in our pack, and mm-hmm. and uh, um, 
I had an unhealthy relationship with some of this for a while. And like I said, there were times where I, I found this weird satisfaction of, of one upping people on my story. Um, And, and I used to have people and I still do, and I don't mind it. I mean, it's, I don't mind it when somebody calls me and says, Hey, so-and-so gave me your name because they said you could make me feel better. Um, Oh no. <laughs> and it's and it's this it's this you know okay tell me your story and then I listen for a while and and then you know then I'm like okay well yeah let me tell you just a little bit about mine. And usually when I'm done they will go oh yeah I I do feel better. Um <laughs> and, <laughs> and and I I I say this with all authenticity and in real it's real that God doesn't waste my pain and and I, awesome. I, I do see the fulfillment of Romans eight twenty eight that God has worked this for my good. And he's also working it for the good of others. And I think that's what all of us have done is we've taken these things that we've learned and we're trying to use them for good to keep the kingdom moving ahead and to keep leaders in battle um, because we do need to keep them there. And uh, so um, Leanne, tell us just a little bit, we got to wrap up, but I, I, I we're going to put all these kind of things in the show notes for people, but tell us a little bit about handle with care because people may have, you know, started to hear some of the stuff you said, and then I want to talk to her. Um, and then Trisha, tell <laughs> yeah. us about, about your ministry and your books. And again, we'll put some links in the show notes um, for yes. you. So go ahead. Awesome. Well, Handle with Care partners with churches to provide training, support, and care for ministry leaders and their church families. Um, with the pandemic that came, um, it it changed <laughs> some of my training and consulting because um, in Canada here, most of the churches have not been meeting. We're finally starting back. Praise the Lord. Um, but uh, yeah, it really changed things as it did for all of us. But it's been exciting uh, because I've been developing family encounters, which I used to do at churches and camps, and now they're digital. And um, yeah, God is asking more things of me for um, soul care retreats and uh, just helping helping people see the light uh, where they feel, you know, I again, it, like my story of, um, I felt like a failure, I felt defective. And, you know, that might be surprising to someone who maybe talks to me now that I felt that way, but that's how I felt. And so my heart is, I mean, handling hearts with care. If you think of a package, right, that has a, a label that says that everyone's heart is fragile mm. and we have to handle them with care. And so that's my desire is to help people figure out uh, what's what's happening and then what's going on in your heart that's contributing yes. to this as well. And, you know, using God's word as our basis uh, all the time. So, so thankful that I get to step into this and minister with people like you guys. <laughs> so and I have previewed Leanne, I have gone through um, Leanne's handle with care, um, the throne of grace one and um, the finish line one and mm -hmm. fantastic, fantastic. I highly recommend for any families. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, I usually, again, pre-COVID travel doing kids camps and conferences, um, though the online stuff right now has been busier than I was before, just without the travel. Um, <laughs> it's been all online let me tell you i miss cl i know we, we both miss cpc didn't we this year yes. Leanne? Oh, Florida, Florida. <laughs> but it was still great but i miss orlando um but uh my book i think the one you referred to was why we quit and it it can be a tough read um it's very um mm -hmm. but i wanted it to be real so yes, i wanted is. it to be real leaders stories and uh, not pull any punches and and yet be hopeful and have steps for recovery and staying in ministry and having a healthy ministry so it's not all a downer it's it's got some yes. happy stuff in there as well it does. Um, oh it's they, very encouraging I love it, offers them. it offers hope right yes, that's, that's like, what i'm that's talking about yes yes it yeah does. love it, it does 
Well, ladies, mm -hmm. thank you so much. Um, like I said, we could have made this easily a two-part conversation, but um, hopefully everybody's stuck with us till the end here, or if not, they've made it a two-part listening. Um, but because uh, <laughs> I'm not, I, I just couldn't, I'm like, I'm no, I'm not, I just want to let this one go. Um, but I really appreciate it. And I do hope if you are listening and you need some help, um, please reach out. Both of these ladies are part of the Kid Ministry Collective Facebook group. Um, so you can message them through there. You can comment. You can find them online um, on, their, on both of their websites. Um, and uh, I would highly recommend if you need someone to talk to, both of them are very uh, just amazing listeners, amazing prayer warriors, um, and, and will do your soul uh, a wonderful good time to to talk to them and so i hope that you'll take a uh, an opportunity that if you need someone that you you stop walking alone stop thinking you can walk your way out of this um that was i think one of the worst things i did um as a a younger leader was tried to walk my own self out and mm. um i am done with the stigmatism of counseling um mm -hmm. of getting counseling of asking for help as a sign of weakness, I'm sick and tired. Oh, I'm going to get to preach and look out um, of churches that um, if a it's church a shames you, <laughs> yeah, if a church shames you um, for wanting help or needing help, then just get out of there, wipe the dust off your feet and move on because it ain't worth staying around if a church isn't going to support you on taking care of your soul. Um, I'm sorry. It's just not the kingdom is too big. Um, you can find a better place. Sorry. Um, my, 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 I, I will start getting mad because I, show, get, Tom. <laughs> I am so, I am so tired of hearing leaders talk about feeling shamed. Um, I, Hey, I went and got counseling in it. And honestly, if I hadn't, I probably yeah. wouldn't be around. Um, I wouldn't be in ministry. I would not be doing KMC. Yeah. I would not yeah. be doing restored leaders. I would be painting or carpet cleaning or being a landscaper. I would be as far away from other people as I could possibly be. Um, and yeah. I would not be fulfilling the calling in my life. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's not worth, um, yeah, the shame. It, forget it. Let it go. That's a lie the enemy's trying to tell you. So get yeah. rid of it fast. Um, so anyway, yeah, here I said we're wrapping up and then I go to preaching. Um, <laughs> but... But my friends, um, listeners, thank you for taking time out. And I do pray that uh, if you need help, reach out. All three of us are here for you. Um, check out Restoring Leaders, Handle With Care. Check out Trisha's website. Um, we'll, again, we'll put some of these resources in different books in the show notes for this episode. So thanks again for listening to this edition of the Kid Mystery Collective Podcast. And again, uh, we hope that you'll share it with others. Um, and uh, continue to support it and enjoy another episode coming up real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders, and if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills and ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.